This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 74. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I'm your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at the Indie Business Network and the lead mentor at the Maker Mastermind Business Incubator. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I will introduce you to Kirsten Connor of Flourish Beauty Lab in White River Junction, Vermont. Kirsten owns a retail store and she's also a product formulator who makes artisan hair care products and products designed for people who are super sensitive to ingredients and fragrances. She sells her products at her Vermont store, online, at her website, and also via wholesale. In this episode, I talk with Kirsten about several aspects of her business, including how she is navigating the many aspects of COVID-19 and what she sees on the horizon for the future of Flourish in particular and entrepreneurship in general. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 74. I can't wait to introduce you to Kirsten Connor of Flourish Beauty Lab in White River Junction, Vermont. But first, this podcast is brought to you by the five-day Recurring Revenue Challenge Summit, a virtual event with speakers, hot seat coaching, and powerful live Q&A sessions to help you uncover and leverage the opportunities in your business for recurring revenue, repeat sales, subscriptions, and membership business. Find out more at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash summit. And now let's welcome Kirsten Connor of Flourish Beauty Lab in White River Junction, Vermont. Kirsten Connor from Flourish Beauty Lab in Vermont. Welcome to Indie Business Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So your business, as I just said, is in Vermont, which is such a beautiful part of the country. Um, but I know very little about it. So I'm going to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about exactly where your business is in Vermont and a little bit about your amazing retail store. Okay. So yeah, Vermont is a very small state. It's very beautiful. Um, I'm located centrally, so right in the middle of Vermont, where um, all of the main roads sort of crisscross. So everybody coming from either New York or Boston or whatever passes through White River Junction. And it's a downtown that has really been revitalized. Um, It's very artsy, tons of restaurants, um, but uh, it has not always been that way. So, it will, um, and you know, it's funny because your business is probably one of the ones that has actually made it that way. And when I look on the internet at the pictures of your store, I just want to bring, you know, my yoga mat and I want to bring a cup of tea and I want to move in. So I just want to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about how this store opened. Like what's the store story and tell us a little bit about it. So if we're ever there, we can come visit. Yeah. So um, the retail store was not exactly part of my plan. I had a retail store from about 2002 to about 2008. 
um, up until the last recession. Um, and then I was just uh, doing wholesale. Um, but I was in Woodstock, Vermont, which is a tourist town. It's where I live. Um, and I was in basically the basement of a building um, is where my production space was. And I, I felt, I just started to feel like it was very important to be able to reach more people because um, especially Vermonters and people in the Upper Valley here are really amazing about supporting local. So I wanted to move to a place that was being revitalized. Um, so I, I, um, it took me a long time to find the space uh, because there was no space to rent um, because it, it was uh, in the middle of a boom. But I moved in there and um, expanded the space. And my husband actually is responsible for um, the design, um, all of the cherry tables and shelving and the barn door and all of that. But um, what I did was I brought in a lot of brands that really helped to lift my brand up also. Um, so the whole theme of my store and what I do is uh, it's all products for people that are super sensitive. Um, and so that, that was pretty much the evolution. Um, I uh, did things like I have um, a refill bar so that mm -hmm. people bring their bottles back um, to get them. Oh, that's refills. nice. Yeah. yeah. I just came up with lots of different ways to increase traffic in the store. So when you were deciding to open a store, you, did you have a website at the time? I did. Yep. I've always had a website. Um, that's always been, you know, at least uh, 40 or 50% of my overall sales. Um, yeah. So, so when most people were like throwing themselves totally into online, you were also opening a retail store. And it's interesting because what year did the store open? Uh, what year is this? I believe I've been open for... <laughs> this is 2020, 2020 Kirsten. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure I opened it in 2016. Okay. All right, good. Okay, I thought it was a little earlier than that. So um, so you have maybe this 15. amazing space, maybe 15. Okay, yeah. so you have this amazing space where you sell your products, you mm -hmm. sell your products online, mm -hmm. and you also so you, and you also sell your products wholesale to other stores too, right? So you have three separate ways to sell your products. And there are yes. probably more that I don't know about. Like, do you do markets? Do you do other sales avenues? Um, I have done markets. Um trying to think i think i think those three though are the main uh sources now kristen when i look at your website and when i see your social media one of the things that i see when i when i do see the rare glimpse of a picture of you which we do see every now and then <laughs> um you really look like you just are in your element when you're in your store like you see like your eyes just light up so is <laughs> is that a part of like, if you couldn't have a store, do you think you would still be in business? Um, I think that I really, really love um, connecting with people in the store and having that, like, personal interaction and talking to them about uh, my products or other products that I sell. 
Um, but I also think that there are other ways um, of connecting with people also. Uh, like I do the um, hair care consults for people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of back and forth that way. Um, and those are like virtual, like you do those on online? Yep. Either through email or we also have a live chat on our website as well. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. gosh, my goodness, that is so smart. So so tell me, like, if I wanted to have a live uh, hair consult with you on your website, would uh-huh. I just click the chat, open it up, and set up a time? How would that work? Yeah, or you can just directly ask me. You know, it, a lot of times what happens, I realized this um, a little bit into the pandemic, <laughs> Um, that people were coming onto the site and either I couldn't email them back quickly enough and they would have already left the site or um, I just felt like being in the moment the way I was with people in the store would be really helpful um, to completing the whole transaction. Um, Because you know, once people walk away, you know, they get involved with different things. So um, if, anytime anybody is on the website, they can just send me a message and say, um, I'm having a hard time choosing whatever for my hair, or I have this hair issue. Do you have something that will help it? And I just answer in real time. And, you know, so, uh, and they're right there ready to make the purchase. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So you have, you have something embedded into your website that helps you do that? Yep. It's a lot. It's called live chat. Live chat. Okay. And you yep. obviously love it because it helps I you do. to <laughs> connect with people and it probably results in a sale when you do that. Exactly. Yeah. What, um, it notifies you every time there is somebody on your website and the first like On your day, phone, it comes to your phone. Yes, either Mm -hmm. a phone or iPad. And um, Mm -hmm. I was absolutely startled the first day to realize how many people were on the site and then clicked off. And, uh, you know, when you're not really conscious of that in real time, how many people are on the site, um, you may only (laughs) have an idea of what's happening when when the orders come in. You know, right. so if you get right. 10 orders a day, you might think, oh, 10 people were on and placed orders when in reality, right. it could have been 50 people on and you just had right. no idea. Right. Because your reality is your reality. Like, you right. don't, what do they say? <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Um, but that's wonderful. You know, before we had all these great little gadgets that we could attach to our websites, I remember I had one guest on who literally people would just text her. Oh, they would just yeah. text her. She gave out her phone number and yep. <laughs> would just text her and she would like close the sale, right. you know, from I her do phone. that as well. Yeah. yeah. The, the phone awesome. number on there is my cell phone. So yeah. That is such a great tip because I would imagine that a lot of our listeners, you know, again, you don't know what you don't know and the internet's the internet and millions of people are coming from everywhere. As right. a, Like when you walk in a store, you could see them walk by the window. So, you know, you might've missed a sale, but on the internet, you never see them. Right, like exactly. We never see them. So that is so interesting. So mm-hmm. Kirsten, tell us a little bit about, like we have um, a little insight into how you started your store, but where did the entrepreneurial bug bite you sometime before that? When did you decide to start a business in the first place? Well, I think um, I started 
out uh, in, I think, about 2003. Um, I was a kindergarten teacher, and I was moving to Vermont with um, my family, my three kids and my husband at the time. And for whatever reason, after we had sold our house and I was already here, uh, my husband decided he was not moving to Vermont. And so I was really faced with being the only parent to my three kids. And my experience was with teaching kindergarten. And I just didn't feel like I had, an, you know, that I would have enough energy in that direction. Um, so I really wanted to do something creative. And I taught myself to make soap. And I opened a store um, in Woodstock, which is a very lovely um, and touristy town. Um, and uh, I pretty quickly realized that I wasn't going to be able to pay the rent with um, just selling bars of soap. Um, so I taught myself to make a variety of other things. And it was really when I figured out how to make shampoo that um, it really propelled my business forward. Um, so uh, I think in 2008, when the recession started, I went completely to just wholesale. And I got into um, Whole Foods and all the co-ops in New England. Um, but then we had a little setback when uh, my, we lost our house and business in the flood in 2011. Um, mm. So I had to rebuild everything from scratch. And, you know, it really taught me a lot. Uh, I think prior to that, I was just kind of winging it. And um, in about 2013 or 14, I really had to get serious uh, because I, there were just so many things I didn't know or understand about business. And I, I really wound up just rebranding and focusing a lot more on hair care and I expanded that to include styling products and um, really just focusing mm -hmm. on people that are super sensitive to ingredients or scents. Wow. Yeah. I can definitely see the, the shampoo and the hair care focus there, but take us back to, this is such an interesting story. Now, a lot of our listeners and a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves in a situation where they're, they're moms um, and they find themselves, um, you know, without a partner for one reason or another, and they're trying to start a business or trying to take their lives to the next level. What sorts of things did you learn about yourself? And like, what can you share with some of our listeners who might be going through a similar situation to you? A single mom to three children is all of a sudden, too. It sounds like it wasn't like, I have a whole <laughs> lot of warning there, honey, I'm just right. not moving with you. Um, right. Like, how how can you encourage others who might have you know, feel similarly unsupported in their businesses. Yeah, I think um, I did feel supported because I had extended family here. Um, I also had my, my kids were in a school where um, there was also a lot of support. A lot of the other parents um, really helped me out with carpooling and um, aftercare and all sorts of things like that. So um, I definitely feel like I had a great deal of support. Um, there were definitely so you, you definitely asked for help. Like oh, you yeah. got help because a lot of people struggle with that. So that's a really good tip for us to remember. 
Yeah, I don't know if I, I am not going to classify myself as somebody who is good at asking for help, but I was pretty desperate, you know, um, and my mom <laughs> and my brothers really stepped up to help and um, neighbors and things like that. Just, you know, That's um, great. yeah, yeah. So I was very, very lucky. I, I yeah. didn't feel isolated at all. Um, I really felt like I had a support system. That's great. That's a yeah. that's wonderful to make sure that you find that support wherever you can. So, um, so you started, and then you you realized that you had all these great products. And so, why shampoo? Like, why hair care? Well, I think what happened with me is um, a couple of different things. Uh, I let's see. Basically, it was everything that I had in my store at the time, in the beginning, um, everything that I used was something that I made myself. Um, all of the soap, the lotion, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. all of the facial care, everything was um, things that I made myself. And um, so it felt a little hypocritical to be buying shampoo at the co-op. Um, but when <laughs> right. I... It did. <laughs> and... Um, when I tried to make shampoo out of soap, because at the time I felt like soap was just the purest of pure things. And Mm -hmm. that was my standard. Um, it really wrecked my hair. Um, so try as I might, I could not use soap or liquid soap in my hair because of the pH and all of the, um, glycerin and excess oil just coated my hair. Um, and so I just felt really determined to figure figure it out. Um, and I started out with a recipe that, um, used cocoa betaine. And, um, after a little while I started reacting to it really badly. And so did my husband. Um, what exactly is cocoa betaine for people who don't know? So it's a, um, it's a cleanser that's classified as a green, um, or eco alternative, you know, when it's, um, sold by, um, the chemical uh, companies, and it's it's really easy to work with. Um, it thickens very easily, um, and it it pairs well with other cleansers. Um, but it has been it was named allergen of the year in uh, 2014. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and oh. so it's it's very um, it's in tons of. Uh, uh, body wash and uh, shampoos that are classified as natural green or, you know, however you want to classify. Um, and, and so that has actually been a really um, good thing for my business because so many times people are very confused about why they're using a clean product, but they're still having reactions. Um, so I, I talk about that quite a bit in my, uh, like in blog posts and on my website, how you tricky touch, it is. Yeah. yeah, you're touching upon something that's so interesting and so important. I think I kind of want to dive a little deeper into that. And that is not just selling products, but educating people mm-hmm. and helping them understand, you know, it's not just a hair care product. It's not just a nail polish or whatever it is, but there there's an educational component that also feeds beautifully into the sale of the product, which allows you to distinguish yourself from others, right? Right. Yep, exactly. 
So you said you had a blog. How has that helped to enhance your ability to educate your customers in ways that lead to sales? Um, well, I think our most popular blog post um, on the website is, is your hair really dry or is it dull? Because that's another question that I get all of the, all the time. Um, people feel, well, let me start off by saying this. most natural shampoos don't have a keelant in them that um, removes all the hard water minerals mm -hmm. in, in your water. And so it mm -hmm. is deposited on your hair. In conventional shampoos, it's sodium EDTA that um, will just give you a cleaner feel um, to your hair. And so lots of people that are using natural shampoo have, um, you know, buildup on their hair and it winds up making uh, what they think is dry hair, but it actually has this coating on it that needs to be removed. So that's one of our most popular blog posts. Um, you know, that's such an interesting, like, <laughs> it's amazing to me. Like, I never would have thought that, you know, I know about hard water and all the things, but there's, there's, so, so people will Google, like, why is my, my hair dull right. and dry? And they stumble yep. across <laughs> your blog posts. Yes. So um, that is a great, simple, but wonderful marketing story because there's not a brand in the universe that can't do that. Right. Yep. It really just is. Um, I didn't understand this for years when I used to listen to you talk about like finding, <laughs> you know, drilling down, finding your niche and all of that. I just felt like, yeah, but I just make shampoo. I don't really understand what sets me apart. But when I started oh, to realize, now. yeah, when I started to realize it now, I'm like 100% certain of the things that set us apart and what people yeah. are looking for. Yeah. And I love, I love that you said that because it's such a journey. Like it's, it's not like one day this light bulb comes on and suddenly, you know, exactly, you know, with a hundred percent beautiful certainty, exactly what your niche is. It's, it's more like pounding the pavement right. over and over again and you slowly narrow it down and uh, uh, until your customers respond in a particular way. Right. Uh, it's yeah. actually and your colors. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, it's really funny because when I started out doing mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. um, when people used to say something to me like, well, what sets you apart? Like, why are people going to buy right. your products? Right. I was completely, I didn't know what to say. And yeah. so I said yeah. something like, oh, because it's made in Vermont. Like, <laughs> who is going to look on the internet for shampoo made in Vermont? But that's how much, <laughs> that's how much. Popular Google it. search, right? I like shampoo that comes from Vermont. Although, you know, there is this thing about Vermont, like their made in Vermont sort of thing was a, it was, yes. I don't know if it still is, but um, so is. you have that. I mean, that's just, a, you know, that's just, you know, a cherry on your, on your whipped cream, right? Because yes. you have so much else. So being in Vermont just pushes everyone over the edge. But, right. But um, so tell us a little bit about your website, which is gorgeous. Um, what is it built on? Uh, it's a WordPress website, a WooCommerce. Wow. Yeah. And how yeah. do you like working with WordPress? 
So let me be honest. I am not a techie person whatsoever. I have this um, great person that I work with. He's a small business consultant and a, an accountant, and he builds websites. And he and I started working together about five or six or maybe even seven years ago. Um, and so he, he um, does all the technical everything to it. Um, that I asked him to do. Well, that's handy. Yeah, um, very. That's super handy. <laughs> um, when you, so, so, but you have the vision and you find that WordPress satisfies your desire for what you want your website to be able to do so far anyway? Yeah, I mean, so far it, it does. Um, I know that lots of people are really into Shopify. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I am happy with my website so far and the Mm. things that I have been able to add to it, like the live chat feature, um, you know, we actually, because I feel very strongly having seen my online sales, um, quadruple in the last couple of months, I feel like we're definitely headed for, you know, more robust online sales. And so I have quite a few things planned, um, you know, to boost the website further. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's unpack that little nugget that you just threw into the conversation there. Yeah. (laughs) In the last two months, your sales have quadrupled. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to get out our pens and our papers and we're going to write down the formula for that. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about that. Like, what do you attribute that to? Um, I think that a lot of my local store customers went to ordering online and they can do curbside pickup. But aside from that, I think that more people were at home just looking online for, um, you know, they had more time and they were just searching more. Um, the other thing is we also um, offer. They were reading your blog, Kirsten. They were reading your blog. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that's, that is, um, that's true. If you think about, you know, Mm -hmm. being at home more and um, anything that pops into your head, you had the time to just kind of search for it. And um, so I think that that seems to be what's happening. Right. I do also right. think the live chat feature was mm-hmm. super helpful for me to close more sales and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just grab more people into the, into the loop. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot, a, a lot of, and I'm not just, not just the indie business network here, but all over the world and people that I talk to in different industries who have an online business have said that, you know, because of, uh, you know, what we're dealing with, with the pandemic right now, their sales have, you know, tripled and quadrupled. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's funny too, because, uh, you know, it became immediately clear to, to many people that, that, that this was a very dire situation, obviously that we're in, but it makes possible some things that weren't otherwise possible before. And quadruple sales might be one of them. Um and you also have um, curbside pickup, at use, as you said, at, mm-hmm. at your business. How have your retail store buyers, um, how have those sales numbers been affected by what we're dealing with right now? 
Yeah, it's decreased um, really significantly. Um, you know, like I said, some of a lot of my customers order online and then they will just come and pick up. Um, but that mm -hmm. means that a lot of people aren't coming into the store and browsing for other things that might have caught their eye in the past. Right. Um, so I think that's just a reality of it's just the times that we're in. Right. Right. And um, I don't think really, honestly, I don't think it's going to change that much. I think yeah. people are being so changed and transformed by what we're going through right now. I mean, for example, um, are you using technology to reach your customers uh, in addition to live chat in ways that you weren't doing before the pandemic? Um, well, live chat has been the main way. I think that um, I've really been happy with Zoom because it feels very mm -hmm. um, personal um, as opposed to just emailing back and forth. I think that Zoom is a great option. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, we're using it right now too. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's super convenient, and everybody has access to it, and so forth. So, um, you've been in business for a really long time, and you've had a couple of different iterations of your business. What are yes. some of the, what are some of the um, real nuggets of wisdom that you think you've acquired over the years that could help someone who's starting out now, especially in the middle of what we're dealing with? Lots of people are starting businesses in part because, you know, they're seeing that, you know, the traditional job market is perhaps as good as it is. It's not always all it's cracked up to be. Um, right. What words of advice and wisdom can you offer some of them? Um, I think the biggest lesson that I had to learn was about um, paring down my product line. Um, I think that's a really big um, issue that, you know, I definitely had and mm -hmm. I have seen other people have that issue also. But I you think can't just also... make everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You can make when it I... right, but you can't sell it. <laughs> that's right. Cause when I, first launched wholesale, I had 60 SKUs and people, the buyers at the shows would stand there and they would go cross-eyed from, you know, right. the amount. Yeah. It's just, it's too much. It's overwhelming. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's something I'm even learning right now. We're letting a lot of our body care just completely go. Um, we're just, you know, I don't sell as much of it online as I do in the store. And so I'm eliminating a lot of it, probably like three quarters of it. Um, and that's the, an interesting point too, because are you saying that the products that you sell online are not necessarily the same ones that are in the store and vice versa because of the sales trends? Uh, yeah, I think that, um, but definitely like hair care is our big thing. Um, it, it really set us apart, even though I started out, as a soap maker and, you know, I made body care that, that was how I started. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, I do sell a good amount of body care, but it is mostly people trying it in the store. It's like a, you know, not an impulse buy, but you know, I just don't know how you would search online for a lotion and know that you're going to like the texture, um, and buy it that way. 
I feel like it's more of a, um, when people try it in the store, they, they purchase it. Mm -hmm. But, um, Mm -hmm. I think that people have, um, when it comes to hair care, there are specific things that they're looking for, like specific to their hair type, as opposed to just a nice smelling lotion. Well, let me ask you this about that. It does, because my next question, actually, my (laughs) next question, was about the explosion in hair care products online. And, um, you know, this, it's not new anymore, but there was a time when, you know, there wasn't a lot of hair care products that you could buy that addressed every single hair type, every single type of curl. Every right. single type of kink. I mean, like it's, there's, there's, there's levels. Of, I saw, I saw a Instagram picture the other day of someone who um, is in the hair care business. And it was a picture of like 12 different hair care types. And yeah. there were types within the types. <laughs> right, thinking, right. It's so amazing. So like, what do you think of this? Um, and, you know, it's interesting, as you just said, that, you feel that it's easier to buy a shampoo online than some of the other body care products. And so maybe Mm -hmm. that's a part of the reason why they're so successful on the internet. Yeah. I think that it, it has become super specific. You know, when I was a little kid, you just picked up your shampoo in the grocery store or drug store, whatever it was. I, I feel like there were maybe like 10 brands all together and you just really had to make do with what was there uh now that i look back on it it feels really similar to walking through like the laundry detergent aisle but um there just were not a lot of options and people anybody who had issues with um their hair uh you know they like scalp issues for example the they would just be told to buy dandruff shampoo when a lot of the scalp issues that people have is a reaction to the, the detergents in the shampoo. Um, but that wasn't really looked at or understood. Um, I think we've just come a long way with um, being super specific about different hair issues and hair types. It's interesting how you phrased that, too. You said back then there weren't a lot of options. You said it was kind of like cleaning products now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I think I'm seeing cleaning products doing what hair care products did over the past 10 years. And it's all because the, the entrepreneurial types and the artisan type like you and others have created these um, niches or ha- have leveraged the ones that were already there, but no one was paying attention to them um, mm-hmm. and being able to talk with them, you know, through a live chat or connect with them on a zoom. And do you feel like that is as much of a competitive advantage as I do of, you know, against a lot of the other larger companies that have much more marketing power and they can be on the side of buses and stuff. Um, it just, they can't reach that level of personal, care and person person to person um support that uh, that a smaller brand can right that i definitely feel that way i know that a lot of my customers really um need that personal interaction 
Um, right. They need a guide. They want yeah. someone to hold their hand and lead right. them to the right choice. Right. Exactly. And when they trust you, like they can catch you, they can catch your blog posts, which they can read at their leisure, right? Mm -hmm. They can go on the live chat if they want to talk now. They can browse Instagram if they're somewhere in between, right? Because they can maybe DM you or leave a comment. So, yep. and they can get some sort of a personal response. Yes. That's, yeah, I think that's I just, very important. Yeah, you know, I just love how my members do that. It's so inspiring to see. And every time I see a large brand, sorry, large brands, but every time <laughs> I see a large brand saying, you know, we give the personal touch, or we're artisan, you know, I just kind of laugh. And my whole yeah. family hears me laugh. I'm like, look at that. That is so not true. Like, they're just <laughs> trying to mimic what they're seeing, you know, the people that are really doing that. So I just... I just kind of laugh about that. But um, so as you have, you know, you know, pioneered your business and moved your brand, like tell us a little bit about the Flourish name. Like how did you choose that name? Oh, um, I. Was that like some people, like I hear these great stories. Like some people are like, it was an accident. And they hear other people going, I thought about it for a hundred years and I finally chose the right name. I want to I don't really know. I it was just That's a new uh, one though. That's a new one. A new one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I had I had lists going. I talked about it with my husband and I just felt like, you know, flourish was a great um, you know, I just liked the meaning behind it. And it's so. a beauty lab too. It's not like Flourish beauty products. It's beauty lab. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah. So it started, at, the name originally actually was Flourish Natural Body Care because I was doing all body care. And mm -hmm. then when I opened the store, I switched it to Flourish Beauty Lab because we have um, in the back of our storefront, um, there's a common area and I have glass there so people can see everything being made it is like a lab in the back of my oh, retail fun. space yeah so. so you have like a destination location then yeah yep so I bet people in in your community like they talk about the store not just because of the great hair care products but because you can go and like you can actually watch or making the stuff in the back yeah people have yeah. been you know That's pretty so intrigued yeah Yes, that is so much fun. And these colors that you have on these bottles, like I'm looking at the website <laughs> now, the green and the blue, like they're absolutely stunning and very eye-catching. And they make a beautiful presentation on a shelf. Well, thank you. Yeah, I really want, I love color. Um, it just makes me really happy. And I wanted to just have something that popped rather than mm -hmm. I, I feel like, you know, the trend of all dark glass and all of that is just, um, it's very quiet and very, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's just not very lively to me. Right, um, right. Your hair color, should not be quiet, right? Your right. hair should not be quiet, right? <laughs> right, lively. <laughs> so how many people do you have to support you in your business? Like, do you have employees in the store? Do you have people that help you make your products? How does, how does that work in the behind the scenes? So I have, um, right now it is, it's really just me. Um, I have one, one of my employees that comes in 
once every other week to help me um, with production. Um, I have had five employees when the store was open and we were really busy. Um, and I'm hoping that we're going to ramp things up to that again. Um, and then I have Matt, who is who does my website. Um, I have accountants and I have um, who else? Um, so you, you paired things back a little bit because of the pandemic in the store, obviously. Yes, yes. But everything absolutely. else is pretty much the same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in your particular community, um, what is the um, situation now with the retail stores? Are, are, is, are they on track to do anything different in the coming months that you know of? And I know it's a very fluid situation, but like, what's your plan right now? How are you running the store now? So the way I'm running it right now is I have reduced hours. Um, I'm there basically from eight until four, but I do um, open hours and curbside pickup from 10 to three, Monday through Friday. I'm not open on the weekends currently um, because the summertime is very slow for me anyway. People just want to be outside either kayaking or hiking. You know, nobody really... Uh, right exactly (laughs) saturdays were not really big in the summer anyway um and so i've pared back my hours um i have pared back my employees hours and um i am not really positive how things are going to go going forward vermont right now is very 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 busy on the weekends everybody is escaping to vermont because um of how low our numbers are Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so it it is very busy but and and typically in the fall we would have leaf season where we would just be jam-packed and you know selling like crazy but i just don't see that happening in the way that it has in the past um, and I bet you see it happening online, though. I mean, the yes. predictions now for online sales this year are inc- astronomical. They are just, right. I've seen some of those statistics. So one of the things that, that you have discovered in this sort of, I guess we'll call it a semi-quiet period for your retail store is that you've had additional time and bandwidth to be creative in terms of your product line. So you've got some new things coming up here soon as a result of that. So you've really managed to take aspects of the pandemic and work them to your advantage, obviously your sales numbers, but other ways too, right? Yes, absolutely. I, you know, my favorite, my absolute favorite thing is to create new products and I have not had an opportunity to do that balancing the store and online and employees and all of that. And so I've been able over the last couple of months to take some time and get creative and, um, we're going to launch some new products in August and September, things that my customers have been asking for, for a long time. Um, so I'm that super excited. Yeah. Do we, do we get a little scoop here of what might be coming? Well, I'm going to do a volumizing mousse. Um, Ooh, I've a mousse. Had, okay. yep, an, a volumizing mousse, a hairspray, um, a cleansing foam to replace dry shampoo. Um, and I'm also going to do, um, a new body oil, um, that will replace all of our lotions. 
And I am also going to launch um, a sensory series of limited edition uh, scented body oils. A sensory series. Wow. It's just, and you know, what's fascinating to me is the one that you talked about that's going to replace dry shampoo. shampoo. You called it a, you called it a, um, not a a mousse, the other one. Yep, the no, it's a cleansing, cleansing mousse. mousse. So yes. is that like something you put in your hair and you don't it cleanses and you don't have to wash it out? You right. just shake it out or yep. kind of Well, you rub it in and just depending on your hair texture, you can either shake it or you might um have to blow dry a little bit. But it's going mm-hmm. to replace um dry shampoo because for a lot of people that have sensitive scalp, um dry shampoo just makes like a glue. Mm-hmm. like a paste mm-hmm. on their scalp and it's just not um oh, not ew. helpful <laughs> yeah, yeah we don't want, we <laughs> so much to talk about when it comes to hair like who knew like I chopped all mine off so like I can buy all the all the hair care products and my hair is so short they last me forever <laughs> all right <laughs> people with long hair always complain like the bottle's not big enough I'm like oh, I'll give you mine I'll give you half of mine it'll last the rest of my life <laughs> Right. Um, this has been such a fun conversation. And, yeah, it has been. You know, yeah, I just love your energy and your, um, you know, what I really see over the years, because I've known you for a long time, is, is you know, from a distance, of course, I don't know you, mm-hmm. but I've, you know, I'm very present in the lives of my members in terms of what everybody's doing. And I just love seeing the evolution that I've witnessed over the years. Um, and it's been you know, and I, I just even remember thinking, wow, there's a lot more shampoo there than there used to be. Um, <laughs> right. And yeah, so you have really found, you know, t- tell me a little bit about how, how that makes you feel as an entrepreneur that not, not just, you're not just selling products, like you have found a way to actually help people transform their lives through the things that you offer them. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I feel really honored, you know, that people Mm. ask me and trust me Mm -hmm. to ask the questions that they do. Um, you know, it, it just makes me feel really good that, uh, I'm able to help people with, um, the things that I do. Yeah. So when you, when you find that, um, integration between what you love to do and what people need, you have such a beautiful, flow, I guess is a good way to say it in your life. When your when your work flows with your life in a way that almost makes them indivisible. Right. Yep. So if you could tell us a little bit as we close out, Kirsten, um, just what sorts of words of wisdom do you have to offer to people who are excited about business and they just don't see how they can get to where you are with that feeling that you just described. There's no path. We all know there's, there's not necessarily, everyone on a different path. Like there's no, you know, we can't drop a bunch of, you know, ABC one, two, three. So what, what could you tell them to help them understand um, that they can do it? And what sort of mindset would you say we all need to be able to envision, you know, the future and be able to create something amazing like you have? I think it really, it has a lot to do with um, 
just your personality, how determined you are to figure things out and to Mm. understand the things that you don't understand. Because I think that a lot of people start from a very similar spot of, you know, they make something that inspires them and they want to share it. Um, But I think that you have to be open to constantly learning and figure out what your differentiating factor is um, Mm -hmm. and just keep pursuing that. Um, Constantly learning. Yeah. Embracing a differentiating factor Mm -hmm. and keep pursuing. Right. And, And the other thing I think is finding people around you that are good at the things that you're not good at. Mm, that can okay, support you okay. in that way. Support okay. is very, very important. Yes, we talked about is that good. a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody is good at everything. Right. And you mentioned support personally, and you're yes. also talking about support from a business perspective because we definitely need both. Right. Yeah. Well, and especially, you know, back then when you had young children, like, oh my yes. gosh, how much and support then I, do I parents got, need? Re- mm-hmm. Right. And then I got remarried to someone who also has three children. And so we have six all together. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So well, we lot. didn't have time to talk about that. <laughs> well, let me, before we go, then I have to ask, like, do any of the children or do they have an interest in Flourish Beauty Lab in terms of helping out or being working there at all? Is that? No, something? definitely no. Okay. not. Because okay. my husband and I are both self-employed and I don't think that any of our children will ever be. They love Flourish, but no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I, that's an interesting statement because I'm self-employed and I had this idea as my children grew up that they would be intrigued by the self-employment idea and they'd want to be entrepreneurs and maybe I drove them away from it because that's <laughs> all I ever talk about because they're right. just not interested. And, you know, we actually had a conversation with them the other day about the way the world is going. And I'm like, you know, you kind of need to be interested in at least a side hustle, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, things are, you know, we don't have the kind of world that I grew up in where, I mean, I could put a resume out and seven days later, I'd have 25 interviews and a right. week later, I'd have a job. Like, it's, right. just, it's just not it's that not way. It's not that anymore. way. No, yeah. it's not. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Kirsten Connor from Flourish Beauty Lab in Vermont. Like this is a place we all, I mean, I don't know about you, but I definitely want to go and try everything. Like you have those little baskets by the door. I always get nervous when I walk into a retail store and see the baskets by the door because <laughs> I am i am the person who would be filling up the basket. Like let's just, just take my credit card over to the counter and <laughs> just, you know, oh my gosh. Leave it there. <laughs> I'm that kind of customer because I love the stuff. So, right. um, and I know you're, I know I'm, I'm like the perfect um, customer, <laughs> but I know that, you know, when things open up, I know you had that before and you'll have it again. And how amazing to see that you have used this time to enhance another side of your business um, and to create, you know, you know, to use technology to, and use the internet to quadruple your sales online. And so now when everything opens back up, you'll just be stronger on both fronts. And I just think that is an amazingly empowering and inspiring story of, you know, turning lemonade, you know, taking lemons and turning them into lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Well, thank you. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And we look forward to coming up to Vermont one day and checking out your store. And in the meantime, we'll just go read your blog posts about hair and get the perfect hair care products on your website and talk to you on your live chat. Sounds great. (laughs) Thanks so much, Kirsten. You have a great day. Come back and see us again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Well, I hope this episode of the Indie Business Podcast left you inspired, motivated, and excited about the future of your small business. Let's quickly review three of the most significant business insights Kirsten and I discussed today. First of all, the personal touch closes the sale. Kirsten's business is high touch because, she says, being personally connected to her customers is important to her. This manifests itself physically at her retail store, but also virtually by her use of the live chat option she discussed at her website. The more personal and immediate your response to your prospects, the more likely you are to close the sale. And second, blog posts drive traffic. Kirsten shared that many people find her products because of her blog. For example, she blogs about the everyday hair care problems people have, and when they search those types of topics online, some of them will land at Kirsten's site where they will get her her answers to their questions about their hair at the same time as they have opportunities to buy her products that will solve all their problems. This is such a great example of blogging for business in action. And number three, the importance of streamlining. This is so significant. Kirsten said that one of the things she advises generally for all makers is to maintain a streamlined product line. She recalled for us a time when she had like 60 products in her line, way too many options, she said, for any potential buyer to take in without being overwhelmed. She shared specific strategies she's using to make sure she is focused mainly on hair care and not swamping her customers with just too many options. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone you know and help spread the word. This podcast is all about the revolution, the indie business revolution, where people are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on their own terms. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, won't you do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured here on the Indie Business Podcast. You can also share episodes from IndieBusinessNetwork.com to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, enjoy your life, build your business, and have your way.